The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to The Legendarium. Just, just do it already. Get over with. Like Penis meat vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That's the um, worst sequel to When Harry Met Sally I've ever heard. <laughs> Did I just find our intro? I hope not. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig Hanks, your host, and I am not ready for this, but we're here anyway. And over there, I know exactly what he'd use his Kakari for. It's Ryan Bruckman. Oh, and it would be as black as all get out. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying not to make an inappropriate one like I did last time. but Okay, and you may think she's perfect, but her scars run deep. It's Stephanie Bruckman. Hi. Welcome back, both of you. Once again, we are excusing Kyle, who, for personal reasons, is not here again tonight. Um, I I guess him personal reasons. (laughs) Technically, he's still a member of the red team. Technically, (laughs) but but we might have to hold tryouts again when he wants to come back. So. Uh, all right, so today we are talking Night Angel again. This is uh, Shadow's Edge, the second installment of the Night Angel trilogy by Brent Weeks, and I hope that you enjoy these discussions as much as we enjoy having them. So before we get to that, obviously housekeeping, patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show, the legendarium.reddit.com to join the conversation, and new up in the last few weeks is the weekly newsletter. Uh, so we've got lots and lots of you signed up for that already, but if if you are not on that list, you can go to our website, thelegendariumpodcast.com, and under the subscribe tab, there is a place where you can enter your email for the newsletter. Uh, the way that that's working right now is that all patrons get access to the full newsletter one week in advance of everyone else, um, but then eventually it does go public, uh, and you can read the whole thing, so, but... What, uh, but everybody, anybody who does uh, subscribe to that patron or no does get access to uh, links to stuff that we've done recently or upcoming episodes that we're going to be doing. So if you want to be kept up to date, that newsletter is going to be the way to do it now. Uh, that should be it. Anything to add, Ryan? I was just wondering if you'd ever heard of a blog because that, I mean, you could just copy part of the newsletter over to a blog and that would help our website and everything. I'm just- no, no, okay. no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Actually, uh, so when I when, after the one week is up and it goes public, I do put it on our blog. Oh, got it. Okay. If you read our blog, you would know that. Uh, you, you would assume <laughs> I read your writing. So. <laughs> well, that's fine. I was going to ask you how the first edition was, but uh, never mind. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> let's talk about Shadow's Edge. Uh, again, this is book two in the Night Angel trilogy. And just as a reminder, this was... Uh, Ryan, this was your baby coming into this. You were very excited for me to read Night Angel. And after this book, I think I, 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 think I understand why. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also wondering if it's a wait until the bitter end of book three and then I'll understand the whole series. Because right mm-hmm. now I'm just kind of like, eh, it's good. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, it's it's kind of fun, but... But I, I guess I'm not, uh, I'm not seeing that thing that you talked about. Yeah, and it could also be like some of that may just be that I, I did come in with this very hyped and like super excited about it and saying like, you know, this uh, I've, I've, I've enjoyed this so much. Like this has been, you know, one of my favorite reads I've had in the last little while. And on my second, you know, third ish pass through on this uh, to do the this these episodes, like it, my my feelings have tapered a little bit. Um, and I've had a little more distance and time to to see it, right? Um, versus the my initial emotional response. Not to say that I think this is bad or mediocre or anything. I still think this is great, but I recognize this now more as a first a first work of an author uh-huh. versus a masterpiece of by an author, right? So that's and I am actually glad that we did this. One of the things we talked about earlier on was like we wanted to get through Brent Weeks' writing because that's I really wanted to introduce Brent Weeks to the podcast. 
um, because he's one of two names that was given to me as like Brandon Sanderson said, if I had to give my writings over to someone else, I would consider Brent Weeks and Brian McClellan. So I was like, I need to see how those guys write because apparently he thinks highly of them and I think highly of his work. Um, so I read through Lightbringer first and adored it. Loved Lightbringer a ton. Read through Night Angel and just, I remember just coming out of it going, oh, that was that was an emotional experience. That was good. Like I really enjoyed that. And I'm glad that we're doing Night Angel first because he has grown as an author from 2008 when this was published mm -hmm. to his writings in Lightbringer now. Um, I think he's grown quite a bit as an author um, and has changed with, not changed too much, but like he, he's moved with the times a little bit in the way that he writes some of his characters and things like that. So I'm excited for us to also get to a chance to go through Lightbringer and stuff like that as right. well. Right. Okay. Uh, Stephanie, remind me, is this your first read of this one or your second? I have read through the second book one and a half times now, but okay. I haven't done the third book yet. Okay. Oh, okay. So that so, one's going to be fresh. I still haven't done the third book, so I still don't know what happens in the third book. Well, I'll try not to spoil something <laughs> I don't know for you. Um, how's how's it going? How are you feeling after two books now? So this book kind of felt like, it just felt like a second book in a trilogy. You never really, like, it's it moves the story along, but you never, it doesn't finish anything. For me, it didn't. It was kind of okay. like, okay, well, there's, there's more coming. Sure. So... But it moved. Do you think that's, is that maybe a product of knowing that it's a trilogy? Because I'll be honest, when I got to the end of this one, I was like, I, I did feel a sense of finality because spoiler alert, blah, 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 <laughs> spoiler alert for the whole book. Um, the God King dies at the end of the book and it's the, the whole, I mean, he says it over and over again at the end. He's like, this was my life's purpose. This was all that I had to live for. And now he's dead. Um, and so I feel like I did get that sense of finality and logan gyre is uh you know we don't know where what's her name is the the pretend queen usurper lady but like logan's pretty much the king now but for me the like, god king's dead you don't find out anything where any of the characters are like there's oh, a, right. a there's, massive battle that just there's no wrap-up you're saying ended yeah, yeah but didn't really end like and the god king died there's okay. no frodo going off to the there's, the West. there's no wrap right. up of the book. You really gotcha. don't know what happens to that Kylar. You don't know what happens to Aline. You don't know what happened. Like you don't know where any of these characters that's true. are. Okay. And so that's what I feel like that it they ended this book and you know there has to be more because you don't know what's happened to anyone. Either other that or than, you got really lazy at the end. <laughs> like, eh. uh, who did? And they all Brent lived Weeks. happily okay. ever after. So I do want to talk about the ending, but I'm not sure that I want to do that just yet. <laughs> Because um, there were, I'll just, I guess I'll just tease it by saying there were a couple of moments there at the end when I almost crashed my car because I can't see out of the back of my head. Like, and I was rolling my eyes so hard. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll get there in just a bit. But leading up to it, so here's what I want to do today. Today, I'm thinking maybe things can go a little bit differently because I did not write a synopsis for this. Because speaking of lazy, I <laughs> am. No, I, actually, I I finished it just today. And so I haven't had time to uh, to go through and write the synopsis yet. Uh, so what I want to do in this episode is go through the plot itself. And let's see if we can kind of synopsimize the whole book uh, in this episode. And, and we'll just kind of talk about each part of it as we come to it. Um, and I know we have some Reddit comments to get to. Ryan, you posted a pre-discussion thread on Reddit, and we got a few comments there to go over. I assume, kind of like with book one, that'll be uh, saved for the next episode. Probably, right? yeah. Okay, so let's, so let's start at the beginning then. Where are our main characters at? I, our main characters being Kylar and Aline as a pairing. There's Logan. Uh, who else we got? The God King. You've got Mama Kay, you've got the, sh the, the Sakage, but it starts out like we left off in the last book with Kylar and Elaine, uh, to asking Elaine to run away with him, basically. Right. He's giving up his life. We of, can do it. Yeah. We but they're all still together, like Mama Kay, Jarl, Kylar, Elaine, they're all together, together still. at the beginning of the book. Right. At the beginning of the book. Logan's they're about to go up, still up. in the hole. Poor man. Right. That was, uh, that was an interesting end to book one when Logan jumps in the hole. Um, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, and and frankly, I was shocked at how much of this book he spent in there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I, I guess we'll get there. So let's talk about Logan and Aline first. They are going to run away together. Kylar and Aline. What did I say? Logan, Logan. sorry. <laughs> Kylar and Aline, um, they run away together to a town whose Caravan. name... Carnivon. Is a town whose name is Carnivon. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, and so they're going to try to make it as uh, herbalists. Mild-mannered herbalists. Mild-mannered herbalists running an apothecary. And I 100% believe Brent Weeks used terms like that be just as a personality thing. A mild-mannered herbalist, you know, a la, you know, Spider-Man, you know. Right, right. Whatever. Your friendly neighborhood apothecary. Yeah, he's totally... <laughs> He tweeted something out this week, this last week about... Oh, I think I saw this. It's, you know, it's taken 10 years for someone, for a fan to ask me if I did this on purpose and it was more comma cowbell. He's like, yes, I 100% did this on purpose. <laughs> so now when I'm reading this, I'm going like anything that catches me like a little bit like that seems not totally there. Maybe that's him actually just Art, being that. So, okay, let's pause on the plot for a second. Let me just ask you, how do you feel about that? You know, those those little does it detract at all from the prose when an author kind of just puts in little inside personal jokes that nobody's going to get? Um, or that if somebody does get it, it rips you right out of the story. And, you know, it's the author kind of peeking through the veil going, Hey guys, you know, like how, how do we feel about this? Uh, I think if you can do it well to the point where like, like with what he did with the cowbell thing, I never caught it because I listened to the book. Like, I listened to that book that he did. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Whereas you have to read it because it's more comma cowbell right. thing in there. Um, I think that as long as it's done subtly and not egregiously often, I'm okay with it. And just don't put it in a major plot point. Like, in yeah, the yeah. climax of your book, all of a sudden you throw that in. Like, <laughs> don't do that. But uh, I'm okay with authors injecting personality into it. Yeah, but I feel like there's personality and then there's something that belongs on a blog. <laughs> versus versus in your novel that's uh, and is it a big deal no this is not a big deal this is just you know one of those little things of personal taste and so i'm i'm happy to acknowledge that it's a stupid little thing that i probably shouldn't complain about but i didn't well no i haven't even read the book that yes, he's talking yeah, about um but i imagine that there are little things like that in this book anyway yeah we are off topic because that's <laughs> not even part of this book Maybe we'll talk about Cowbell when yeah, we get to Yeah, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. But that's, so. like, but that's what I mean you? when he says, you know, you're going to make it as a mild-mannered herbalist. Like, that's not parlance for this, even though this isn't like an era that specifically like where it's set, swords and sorcery type thing. Right. You don't expect that phrasing. And, okay, more tangent, please. You know, I got a fever <laughs> and the only cure is more tangent. Um, <laughs> we talked in the last episode or two about Sanderson's hat trick phrase. Mm -hmm. And somebody brought that up uh, in the post-episode thread after the last one. And this is, by the way, I love this kind of stuff. When you guys find little tidbits and link to that on Reddit, oh, it like, (gasps) I swoon. I really do. And so somebody found uh, in the annotations for Mistborn that are posted online, they kind of comb through that, and the hat trick line comes up. And Sanderson says, yeah, I kind of had to fight with my editor to get that in there. Um, because, and, and he says, I, you know, I really like the line. I like the sound of the line. And so he digs up like the obscure etymology of how, no, it's not really just about hockey or, or whatever. It's about, you know, the, the people were using this in the 19th century and it's okay. Look at this historical justification. And, and I'm sitting there reading that and, and I think whoever posted it was like, see, it's cool. And I know Brandon is feeling that way. And I'm like, no, if I'm your editor, I will fight you over this <laughs> with fists. Like that is not okay. Cause it just, it, like for me, it just takes me right out of the story mm-hmm. with an anachronism like that. Uh, so mild mannered herbalist, I guess this book or these books, I guess now that we, I've got two of them under my belt. These books are written in such a uh, relaxed, colloquial style that it didn't bother me as much as the hat trick line, but I still noticed it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, Stephanie. I have no opinion. Just you guys can keep talking about this because because you don't care. I did not notice. You don't. I <laughs> did not pay any attention to it. I never got taken out of the story because of any wordage he used. I have no opinion. <laughs> um, 
Okay, well, we'll see if you're singing a different tune when I pull up the quote from the end of the book that uh, that I'm thinking of, as far as wordage that uh, maybe is bothersome. I, and maybe I just don't remember any of it. Right. So anyway, okay, so Stephanie, where are we at now? We, we've gone to Carnivon. We're setting up our mild manneredness. Are we just following Kylar and Alina? Yeah, right yeah. Now? Let's follow, follow so them for a bit. So they've lost everything, and they're living with her aunt. Some yeah. people torched their stuff. They piss off the. Is that actually her aunt? Yeah. Yeah. It, not through blood, through her adoption into okay. the family that she was raised uh, okay, by. Okay, okay, sorry, go on. Zay. Yeah, so she, they're living with her aunt. They piss off the... The local the street tough. Someone, the, yeah. What's the... Sakage, the local Sakage there. The joke Sakage? Yeah. Um, And through all of this, Alina's sticking to her, her guns of no killing, no violence. And, oh, and no sex. Yeah, and no sex, because that's important. And Kylar's like, and he goes off and is playing... Night Angel fighting his urges to kill people and still managing to kill people. Also sex. Yeah, I don't think they've got any... Fighting those urges also. <laughs> it's not hard when the woman's saying, no. <laughs> That's true. Exactly. <laughs> you just suck it up and deal with it. <laughs> there are so many puns flying around right now. I just can't even deal with this. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he... And, and so he's running around doing his kind of faux night angel thing and he does kill a few people yeah. like on on the down low he's killing bad people right that are doing bad things oh because he's seeing th- like and he starts to see things in their eyes there there was uh did you guys catch the james cameron reference no. in that section have you guys seen true lies this is another one took me right out of the story was it funny absolutely but it took me right out of the story when uh he's in his internal monologue he's justifying it to an imaginary version of Eileen. Um, and it, and it's like, are you out there killing people? And he goes, and, and I'm going to do this in my fake Schwarzenegger voice, but he goes, yes, but they were all bad. And it's a joke from True Lies when he's under truth serum and his wife has just found out that he's this international spy, man of mystery. And she says, have you killed anybody? He goes, yes, but they were all bad. And like, and that's, that's the line from this book. And I'm like, you're just, you're killing me, man. You're taking me right out of this. So, I hundred percent that is on purpose. If if more cowbell is on purpose, then True Lies is on purpose. I think you should write that down. And if we get a chance to talk to him at Jordan Con, you can be like, I want to know <laughs> if these. Like, I've got a list. Here's a list of things you need to just clear for up for me. Whether or not you were quoting True Lies here or not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so yes, but they were all bad. Yeah, I'm out killing people, but he's trying to, you know, do the right thing. He's trying to keep his promise to Aline, but also clean up the streets because he's your friendly neighborhood apothecary. <laughs> um, <laughs> How did we turn Kylar into Peter Parker? <laughs> so, um, okay, so where where do we go now? And he is there anything that comes out of this? In this book, if we here's the thing, like I don't, if we want to stick with Kyler and Aline, we can't follow timeline wise. And okay, so we got to jump to. You have to jump either to someone else or we go through because the big story of Kyler and Aline here isn't just that he's knighting. Because eventually he sells retribution. Yeah, buys wedding ring for exact amount he needs to buy wedding rings. Yeah, the wedding earring setup. Um, like what the big thing here is showing that Kyler and Aline, as much as they love each other in their understanding of love don't work they don't work because they don't have a fundamental understanding of each other they don't yeah exactly it's um the idea that you have to have common goals or interests or something right i don't know like and i got so bored are we done with these it was a long it was are we done with these two are they well something else happened to these two because i am done listening to them bicker and argue and just have sex already Get get it over with. So the tension How is romantic, just like, Stephanie. I know I, the romantic I in the room feel... is like just have sex already. Because <laughs> I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> the tension between the two of them is just it. It graded on me. I had a hard time. I was like, I'm just can where who's who's next in this next chapter? Where, it feels childish. It does. It's. I feel like I'm listening to a high school love story. I was like, okay, right now I get it. It's drama and I get it. Let's it's, move on. Um, yeah. I, and I am fine with some measure of that. I think it's good to remind <laughs> us that these people are very young. He's what? 20 20. Yeah. She's, she's what, a little younger, probably 17 or something like yeah. that. And so, um, so it's good to remind us that they are that young. And so I look, 
my emotions when I was 20 years old, <laughs> you know, or 17 years old, they weren't that sophisticated. <laughs> and so I get it if you're going to write teenage characters like that, you know, they, you're going to keep things kind of simpler. And to some adults who have been through a little bit more, it, it can be a little bit wearying. But I think at a certain point you have to, they, they've got to grow up a little bit. You know, they've well, got they're to, in a position, they're both acting as parents. Like right. they have an 11 year old daughter, supposedly like that they're helping raise. I think Uli and the aunt were some of my favorite interactions during their oh, the storms. Aunt's like, hilarious. She's, she's your go well, have sex already. Yeah, right? Their bed's creaking. Just leave them alone. Let them be. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was some of my favorite interactions during their storyline. I was like, okay, get the aunt back in here. Cause she has the, the comedy and the humor and that's making all of this. She's the one saying all this stuff as we that we're as readers are thinking like just just do it already get over with like penis meat vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, the worst sequel to When Harry Met Sally I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, so hey, did I just find our intro? I hope not. <laughs> okay. Um, so okay, should we shift? We'll we'll come back to these two yeah, and their childishness. Other, other characters pop up into the and change their storylines. So. We should yeah, we should go to Logan. Let's go to Logan. Ryan, we talked about Logan's already in the hole. What's the hole? Who's the hole? Do the I hell, the known as Hell's asshole? Um, Sweet, that's what he calls it throughout the entire book. Um, Logan is in this very tight, confined space with a big hole in the middle with a bunch of other cannibals, um, and he is a cannibal now. Um, he's had to eat human flesh the the whole time in the hole there was uh, sorry can i pause I, i've i've said a couple of things uh, you know about uh, brent's writing and his prose style that i've kind of not been super into but there was a moment when the, when i was like kind of affected and it's when the first one happens and the there's a body thrown down in the hole or so somebody gets torn apart mm-hmm. and all the the, the holers as he calls them tear this guy apart and a leg flies his way and he like catches the leg and it's uh, this is disgusting right but he looks down at at it and it says something along the lines of and and he wept because no matter how hard he tried all he could see was meat Mm -hmm. and i was like dang that's a great line that was really (laughs) really well done anyway go on yeah i so the the whole time in the hole it's logan having to try and retain his humanity while being in the absolute worst circumstance possible and trying also while trying to figure out how to escape like how do i get out of here or whatever and he spends uh a couple months in the hole mm-hmm. like he has it's not like you know oh i've been down here a week and i've seen the worst of humanity no he has to live it for a while and the fact that like, he has to be the worst of humanity in yeah. a way he actually gets to a point um uh where he's like uh he finally calls himself a monster because he had to kill someone well, and they separate. He separated them in his mind. There's animals and there are monsters. How he saw the the people the he was with. That mm-hmm. he separated them in his mind. The the animals are the murderers, the rapists, the the worst of humanity, but still kind of human. And then you have, or is it the other way? It's the monsters. They're like- they're the monsters. And then you have the animals that are like Nasher and Tats, and like those that are that are just there surviving. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, uh, what do we? What else do we want to say about this? There's one of the things that I I actually my first read through, I I kept being like I want to get out of the whole chapters like I because I'm uncomfortable here. It's a good like they're good chapters and everything, but I'm uncomfortable in sure. this I, section here as you should be. Um, but going through the second time, everything like it's it's become one of my favorite parts of the second book here because it's the i think it's got some of the most depth in terms of being able to discuss uh what you know humanity and you know not not letting go of because uh, that's what lily she comes over to him and gives him the advice when he when he's first in the hole a little while lily says to him you have to decide what you're not going to give up um mama case says something like that earlier uh in the series you know you've you have to Talk, just, talking to the prostitutes right? yeah you decide what you're not going to give up and uh, Lily, I wish I could remember what the quote was, but Lily basically says the same thing to him. Like, you just hold on to, you find what you need to hold on to to survive here. Um, and then that's the first relationship he builds down there. Um, and I think it's really interesting to watch the holers 
society, this absolutely debased group or whatever still has a structure, still has subgroupings, and there's still struggles that go on in there and the level of humanity that's found in that. Um, one of the lines that actually jarred me the most was um, they're talking about Lily and they're threatening, uh, someone's threatening to kill Lily and someone says, if you hurt her, uh, uh, if you hurt her, we'll kill you. She's the only slit we got. Ugh. Ugh. I Yeah, that whole line just made me kind of <laughs> a little bit. I was like, because it really bothered me right. that we, the, in this situation of survival and everything, like you understand why it is the way it is, but it doesn't make it right. Right. I, this, this, this whole section reminded me a lot of something that has caught my attention in the last few years and that I, I, I won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but I'll just bring up the idea of uh, prisons. So I've been learning a lot, reading a lot, I should say, uh, hopefully learning a lot about the Enlightenment and what it means that society has progressed in the last 10,000 years and how it has progressed and what human beings used to live like um, and you know how societies, the structures of societies have changed over the last 300 years or so. And I guess prisons are a really good, like pristine um, environment for kind of like uh, prehistoric versions of societies. The way mm-hmm. that the way that people used to structure, you know how uh, how societies work. And uh, yeah, I, I, there's oh gosh, I'm trying to decide like how far to go into <laughs> this, but I guess. I guess that's all. I'll just leave it there. It's it's wildly interesting to think about the idea that when you are removed from modern society and you're put in a place with essentially no societal structure, what do you do? Society will happen anytime you have a group of human beings together and, uh, and some people will be nothing more than the sum of their basis desires Mm -hmm. and they'll say things like that about a woman who is thrust into their mixed mix anyway um so yeah that that stuff is all right up my alley it's um it's kind of a simplified version of that because there are only what a dozen of them or so in the hole yeah so it's not like you have this giant prison system right or you know with like gangs and whatnot but you still get the the kind of simplified ya version of that i guess Mm -hmm. uh, you might say so yeah i really liked that section quite a bit for showing us you know you take you take logan gyre right Mm -hmm. logan gyre who's kind of the epitome of uh, a cultured person at least in these books right and then you thrust him into that and kind of see the difference between the two and watch him devolve great stuff paragon of of right of doing what's right right playing by the rules they were really my some of my favorite chapters i loved reading about logan in the whole i i as uncomfortable because it is it's an uncomfortable situation and seeing how low humanity can be especially when you think of like the guards and what's his name um oh yeah whatever yeah the um gorky that they all hated that he's throwing bread into the hole like just to taunt them and then there's one one that he pees on it and like and Logan still eats it and he talks about it, like it's disgusting because I'm sitting here. I'm like, am I hungry? No, not really anymore. <laughs> um, is it's like he can feel the warmth dripping down his oh, mouth and stuff good. like and I'm sitting here going, at what point would I have to be like to want to survive like that? When does death become a better option? Right. When do you than, throw yourself through the hole? Than living like that, especially like as I'm thinking of Lily being the only woman in there and really the only reason she is still alive that people haven't killed her yet to eat her is because these men need sex. As a woman, that like that just blows me away that that people can be get that low. That uh, humanity can be that low where the only reason someone is being kept alive is so they can meet some need or desire right, or whatever. Right, right. Like, and this, yeah, this is exactly. And she the, allows it. Like, she's like, I'm doing this to survive. Like, there's, she's, I mean, not okay with it, but, but she's accepted. Well, she's it. not going to fight and this it. This is exactly the kind of thing that I'm, I'm talking about. Where to our modern sensibilities, uh, you know, we've, we've come so far in the way that we view something like rape, 
Uh, and this is a good thing. <laughs> we, we, don't, we, we don't countenance this sort of thing, but you do not have to go back very far in history to find when that type of thinking, when, when somebody from whatever past era would have read something like this and said, uh, no, that tracks. Yeah, yeah that, that makes mm-hmm. sense. I, the, it, it's really sad, but um, for a short period of my career, I was actually working with um, a couple of different police groups. Uh, I worked for the Attorney General's Office of uh, Utah, and I worked with some of the, the police groups there, um, Internet Crimes Against Children and um, just a few of their human trafficking groups or whatever. Fun. Yeah. I am absolutely blown away that there are people like, I, I look at this, I look at the tiers that are set up in here. You have the tier of Lily. It's literal physical survival that sex mm-hmm. is there here. And then there's like Mama Kay and Vi and Hilda, who sex is one of their tools for survival, for trying to maintain a little bit of a life. You know? it's, it's kind of like uh, to survive in society, to maintain a position in society or something along those yes. lines, right? And then you go up one tier higher and you have, um, oh, it's going to bug me that I can't think of her name, the false queen. Um, Tara? Tara? Yes, Tara, Tara Grayson. Grayson. Tara Grayson, who is using sex to cement groups families and everything together like these different tiers here and the fact is like when i was when i was going out like i'd I'd get to go out and because we couldn't have news crews go out on busts like we'd go out and film and provide footage um of the bus because you can't have a news camera like a news van show up to a bust because then all of a sudden the massage parlor goes oh hey there's a news camera (laughs) crew out front we might something's going on here um but to see the group, like people who are literally are, today, are massages illegal? Right. It depends on how they end. <laughs> um, Sorry, go on. But I remember going on one and having like there are women who were brought across that the only way that they can survive in terms of being able to pay bills, being able to just, is that they were being trafficked. It's human trafficking, and it is a thing that's like mm-hmm. a reality right now. And I think that's why reading some of this and looking at this. It bothers me so me so much because I don't think we're as far away from that as we should be. Totally. Um, the, uh, no, I don't. If any of you want to email me about this, I can plug a book. Uh, but yeah, it, it makes exactly that point, and it's all about how if we're it, we like to think that we're super secure in this uh, kind of culture that we've constructed in western society and in reality it's incredibly fragile and knock out our wi-fi and our electricity and how long <laughs> until we have a group of holers in the middle of downtown salt lake right right anyway um, uh boy this got dark holy it is smokes kind of, it's a darker book at least it was i remember going through it and just listening to it we were in the car and i just i just listened to it and i was like oh yeah that was that was good got to the end of it i was like the okay. book one you mean no two. Oh, okay well, I, we listen to all of our books on road trips because we take so many. Um, no, we were we were just headed out to California just last week, and that's where we were listening to book two. And I was like, okay, that was good. So now I'm I'm in the process of re-listening to it, preparing for to the podcast, catching the things that you missed the first time through. And two days ago, two days ago, I got so mad, and I called Ryan up. I was like, this book is it is ridiculous, and I was angry i was so angry at the way women are portrayed in this book the way he talks about the women the words he uses like i got so mad i just thought i had just gotten through vi with the god king and their kind of first meeting in the book where she's the first thing he says is undress and she immediately does it does it like no questions asked and like looking through some of the stuff vi's gone through um, I just got into that part with Lily and the comments Ryan was making. And I like, and I'm thinking of all these. I wasn't making those comments. No, the, the comments <laughs> you were just making, like that's that, that yes. scene in the book. And some of the, like the next scenes that happened, especially around the God King. And I, I was pissed off. I was like, I don't want to finish this book. This is ridiculous. So and I was mad you, at. Were you mad at Brent Weeks? I was mad at Brent Weeks and the way that he was portraying women thinking all of a sudden going, is this really what he thinks of as like yeah i as I, a man like be, i was like i was just angry would it be okay if we put a pin in this one i know <laughs> I, no seriously because i think this is a really good uh 
something to talk about. Uh, but I kind of want to keep moving through the we story. Get, to, to get through the book because there's a lot. Yeah, there the is episode two portion. There is still a lot. Yeah, so episode two we'll we'll dig into more stuff like that um, because I had the same thought. Maybe not the same thoughts, but I, along the same lines. And so I do want to talk about that. Um, okay, so Logan's in the hole. Blah blah blah. Where are we at now? Oh, okay. So Jarl goes to Carnivon to retrieve Kylar because they find they have found out. Uh, but Jar- before before he goes to Carnivon, Jarl is starting a revolution in the Sakage. Oh, okay, sure, like, yeah. Whatever. Amongst amongst Who the cares? the prostitutes and everything, it's kind it's, of that's a kind major of a plot. <laughs> you kind of need to know where these that's prostitutes right. okay, are coming so, from. <laughs> that's right. So Jarl Jarl uh, reminds the prostitutes of their of of their value and their pride he uh, re- he's 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 brought in a ton of prostitutes into the into the brothels because uh, this is the way for them to survive because otherwise the the invading soldiers would go and rip them out of their homes and kill their husbands and their boyfriends and and rape being them anyway being paid for rape is better than just being raped is right. kind of how he views it which okay <laughs> anyway maybe uh, it, it's it's certainly survival, you know, yes. similar to what we were talking about with Lily, right? Um, and so he tells them, like, "Look, I've got a plan. Here's he how we're gonna. Hope. Here's how we're gonna rise up. Brings hope to the to the Warrens, to the Warrens. is what right. it does. Okay, so now where are we going? Well, <laughs> or do you want to talk about that more? Uh, it to me, we were just we were actually just listening through a portion of that on our way up here. Um, there's a line in that that Mama K shares with Jarl in there that really stood out to me um, because they're talking his whole purpose in this uh, they're trying to come up with a plan for how to you know deal with the Caladorans and everything and uh, Brant Aegon is the one who basically pushes Jarl and says you need to be this Shinga that people can see you need to tell them that they're that there's a future that there's hope that you can be better than what you were here and this is one of the first times in this book honestly where I've seen honest to goodness hope in people like in a in a way that's going to push them to do something right because the whole thing is so relentlessly uh, uh down all the time right it is it's, it's despairing stuff. um and brent weeks on his website has a question uh writings um not suggestions writing tips, advice advice yeah and one of the things he says one of the things i like to do is put my character is to put my characters in the worst possible situation and then just make it worse <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't love that. <laughs> I'll deal with it. But anyway, so there, uh, Mama K says, just because it's a dream doesn't mean it's a lie. And that, that stood out to me a little bit. Um, That's a good fridge quote, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot of things that people look at as, as, as a dream and they just say, yeah, it's a dream. It'll never happen. Be- when you do that in your mind with the things that you dream and that you hope for or whatever, then it's a lie. You know, like five years ago, if someone had said, you'll still be making the Legendarium podcast, you'll have X number of patrons, uh, you'll have a subreddit and, and uh, you know, chatting with people across the globe on discord and whatever else i would have said yeah that's a lie uh-huh right but you never know it worked out i just hope hope is uh hope springs eternal that's i just in a in a very heavy book like this moments of hope and the things that that cause our characters to be driven to do something because this this is our motivator for the knock to himata like the, oh right okay jarl's murder is what is the the the, the tipping point but it's this buildup here that allows for the major point of the Nocta Himata where the Caladorans lose, what is it, like 600 people in a night? In that one night, yeah. You know, and it's, it's empowering like, to watch these people do something, to, to actively choose to do something. And that's what I like about this. One of the things that I like in any book, if people are making choices and acting and driving for their own good, that's going to keep me more in- interested than the people who are just sitting there going, We've been invaded. This sucks. <laughs> okay, peon from Warcraft 2. <laughs> or no, that was the peasant. Ready to work. Uh, okay, there you go. There's your peon. Wow. This is a weird, weird episode. Uh, okay, so um, Jarl 
does all that stuff. Whatever. And now he's headed. Now he goes. Now to, he to goes to Carnivon. Now we to, get to what I want to talk about. To Kylar. Uh, because we've had so, so he goes and and so does Vi. I, I think we have one more character to cover her story before because they all meet up there with Kyle. Vi, Vi. Vi is the wet boy assassin apprentice, uh, apprentice of Hugh, Hugh Gibbet. Gibbet. Hugh Gibbet, which really demands that I ask the question, what exactly is an Ibbet? And how big are they? How big, it, <laughs> how big is his? So, um, so she's the apprentice of Hugh Gibbet. <laughs> Sorry. What kind of name is that? Uh, and uh, so now she is in the thrall of the God King, and he's laid compulsion on her, and sends her to Carnivon to kill Jarl. Well, he gave her an opportunity for freedom. If she kills Jarl, she's now a a full fledged wet boy. That she's no longer an apprentice, so she doesn't have to. Right, she can get out from. Hughes. She can get out from under Hugh, yeah, and, which is what she sees in the first place. Because he's awful and rapey and abusive, and, and she that. has no intention of actually killing Jarl, because she's actually sent out to kill. Like in her mind, she's killing Kylar to so appease can, the God King, right. for not killing Jarl, because right. Jarl is her friend. Right. Um. Uh. So she arrives there. Jarl has arrived at the same time to talk to Kylar about coming back and rescuing Logan, who they've just found out is still alive in the hole. And um, and uh, Vi is she's got her bow and she's gonna murder Kylar, but Jarl's in the way, and so she just shoots him in the freaking face with uh, an arrow, and he dies. Uh, did I miss anything on that one? Okay, so and then she <laughs> depends so, on how deep some, you want to go. <laughs> then some stuff happens. So okay, so she kills Jarl and he dies in Kylar's hands, um, and then in his arms, I guess is the expression. That makes more sense. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> ew, ew, he's holding him out. Arms <laughs> like, arms <laughs> like, die over there, please. So not on the rug, not on the rug. <laughs> so, uh, she is like trying to get out. I'm, I'm, I'm hazy on the timeline. And well, then she, she goes back to the house and so kidnaps Kylar, the girl. If you follow Kylar a little bit more, he then goes and buries Jarl and decides he's going back all on his own. Right. He leaves the the earrings for Aline so she can have the support of the money and everything. Leaves Uli with her and he's going back to. Wherever it is, see, yeah, so, uh, so, I mean, yeah, that place, right? I don't remember what. Can called. remember Caravan, but not the main I know, city. Exactly. That <laughs> um, to to do what Jarl scenario, asked. yeah, scenario. Okay, so he's left. So then, Vi. <laughs> I know this is so hard. Like this must have been a nightmare to outline. Uh, okay, so yeah, he goes back on his own. Um, and he's gonna he's gonna track down Vi, yes, and kill her because because Jarl saw her and, and yeah. so yeah and so he, he said knows, Vi or whatever yeah like, so, so he knows it was Vi he's gonna go after her and he's gonna murder the crap out of her. Um, he has no idea, but she Vi goes to the house shortly after uh, Kylar does, and she finds the little girl Uli Uli and kidnaps Uli. Um, and takes the and takes the earrings and takes the earrings and so now uh, what a mess what a mess oh dear because now girlfriend girlfriend Eileen Eileen <laughs> thinks oh Kylar's left me the earrings are gone and he he hates it and he took Uli or something. she didn't know about the rings oh she didn't know about she, the yeah, rings that's right she doesn't, right. Know, about she doesn't know about the rings but she, but it says like I've got the girl I'm sorry There's a note there yeah she, and so, so she goes after Uli right so she's gonna rescue Uli um, Kyler doesn't know Uli's been stolen but Aline she does, does but Aline knows now that it wasn't if she figures Who's out on first wasn't Kyler <laughs> it wasn't Kylar it was this other woman because uh, the police yeah figured it out they saw Vi pass Vi leaving through with, a girl. with Uli this is and- just riveting radio by the way i just want to point that These, out it's a it's a big turning point because it's when the story starts here. exactly it's when we're, things actually start getting a little bit the, more interesting halfway through the book and, and kylar and aline have they've finally broken apart and are going to go their separate ways in quotes um in the same way yeah um but 
because then they've thrown in these these sub characters because then now you have the witches sister ariel oh sister ariel which is obviously a bigger character now that we've hit that point in the story this is and where dorian that... and sort uh, dorian fair uh, and solon and solon and where they're in all sorts of we're two of them went to screaming winds and solon and dorian went to screaming winds fair fair went after fear. The, the sword. Kirok. Right. Kirok. Oh my gosh. Okay, look. <laughs> we just so need to stop for a second, okay? <laughs> just everybody stop and take a breath. This is what happens when you don't write a synopsis. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> it's all my fault. We've we've read quite a few books. A lot of them were really, really big. It's remarkable to me now as we're doing this, just to think about, this isn't that long a book compared no. to many others that we've read. Uh and we've already noted that he spends unbelievable amounts of time in uh, Carnivon, uh, dwelling on the same things over and over, page after page. And yet, there's a whole lot of crap shoved into this book. <laughs> okay, I, sh- I should be more respectful. You know what I mean? There's just a bunch of stuff. All these names and all these places. And, and you know, kind of we were talking last time about uh, Solon and how... Oh, you know, I'd love to get more backstory on him and the other two. Dorian. Dorian and whatever. Because Dorian is the Fear. God King's son. Right. And and it, it kind of happened again in this book. I don't know. If, has that been revealed yet? Yeah. In the second okay. book? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Has to because I haven't read the third book and I know that. So, <laughs> so but I guess uh, I guess my point is just uh, he's he's got all this stuff in there and it's and we're just kind of we don't get a ton of foreground information on it. Um, we're just presented with characters and their current situations. And it's not that we're given no backstory, but it's so little that it leaves me feeling kind of like, oh, I'm not really very invested in um, not, not in Dorian. Like, oh yeah, he's the God King's son, but rejected and eh, I don't really care. So this, this is a semi-tangent, but I'm going to tell you Yeah, this. we don't do those here. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. This is one of those books that I feel like he wrote this story as one piece. He wrote one long story with three episodes in it, right. basically. Because looking back, having finished the series, like everything is there. I don't feel like, oh, that's too short. And like when I go went back and read it the second time, I'm like, oh, okay. Now that I know where these characters are going, like I feel those pieces like there's more there because I know what's coming. Right. This is a maybe it's an indictment of, of a first read through that you're not really invested in some characters because you feel you've had such a short runway. But I'll tell you that the framework and the foundation is there. But you doesn't you don't realize that it's there to pay off until you've finished it. Right. Um, it, it just uh, as a side note, this dovetails really nicely with the last couple of newsletters that I've written. <laughs> Actually, you should all uh, subscribe to that. So anyway... Uh, Side characters leave. Well, let's leave them aside for now. We're going back to Scenaria because we've we got to wrap this episode here in a few minutes. Uh, so we're heading back to Scenaria. We're halfway, we're halfway through, through the, book. the book. I hate you guys. I hate you. Um, let's see if we can synopsize the last bit of the book, the last half of the book. Um, we can go from here because it's Kyler goes back to Scenaria. He saves Logan. He gets Logan out of the hole after the holders, which was dope. Which the holders are also trying to. They almost get out themselves using a key and everything, but there's a spy in their midst. Um, they get out. Kyler fights a dragon, something or other, spills the blood on Logan's arm, um, which is not paid off in this book. Yeah, no. you have no idea what the point of that. Just don't show anyone. Right? You shouldn't be. I don't remember who said that to him. You shouldn't be showing that to people or something like that. Yeah. His arm. Yeah. Uh, Kyler saves Logan, <clears throat> takes him back, and um, the Scenarian rebels have formed their army under Terra Grayson and they're going to go fight a battle that they cannot lose to the Caladorans because Terra Grayson won't fight a battle that they, like, unless it's a guaranteed victory for them. Right. Which is obviously a trap by Gareth Rasul. Um, and that's, like, the rest by, of the book. By the way, I'm sorry. Speaking of names, uh, how seriously should we really take a god king named Gareth? <laughs> well, if you say it like that, <laughs> try a little bit of uh, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that just kept getting. It's, and the the um, I, what, I, what would you name a god king? I switched between the audiobook and the uh, and the and the ebook, and so when I was actually reading it, it didn't bother me as much. But the narrator would say Orsul, 
and he would like really lean into that name or soul uh but his first name is gareth gareth or soul <laughs> and it's just so every time i would hear it it would just kind of make me chuckle a little Which bit totally made me remember i think i know what line you're going to come back with a hard eye roll on um i don't think you do <laughs> i bet anyway uh, sorry go on um okay anyway so army go we we've got kylar and logan and every, and um back to fight the battle against the caladorans uh meanwhile vi and kylar, kylar sneak into the palace to kill the god king uh who is able to psychically inhabit and manipulate a uh, a kind of golem type monster Virali. what's it called karali Virali. Virali. Um, on the battlefield. So while he's in there, he's controlling this giant uh, indestructible monster thing on the battlefield. And so um, so the two events, it's very it's very Return of the Jedi. The, the two events are very interwoven, right? Um, what happens to one must affect the other. You, you must understand this. Um, so <laughs> don't shake your head at me. Uh, that was for you. I know, I appreciate it. Okay, you didn't look like it. Um and so they they do kill the god king. Congratulations. It turns out okay. Vi... This is the absolute worst synopsis of the second <laughs> half of this book ever. Uh, yeah. We discover that Vi is... I'm trying to hurry, okay? Vi is the daughter of the god king. She's one of his spawn. I had, like Daughter doesn't seem like the right term because he doesn't care about her as a right, right. familial. Like his sons, yeah. Um, and that's why the compulsion that she has on her... Like she has to do what he says because it's familial compulsion. That's why she had to kill Jarl, and why she had to then ring Kylar, which is a huge deal. It's a, it's a big plot point. So okay, fine. All right, take two, <laughs> take two. She, uh, she, she finds out that yes, she's, she's the daughter of the God King, and as such, is fully under his compulsory sway. And because she kills Kylar at one point. Yeah, she she stabs him in the chest. Right, because the God King says kill Kylar, and she and doesn't. She, does. she doesn't realize she she has no mental faculty to disobey that order. So she stabs Kylar, kills him. Kylar goes back to the um, uh, the Dumbledore train station and <laughs> the um, wolf. Right, where this time it's a wolf instead of a crying little Voldemort thing. Um, <laughs> And so he's going to come back, but she doesn't realize he's going to come back that fast. So she needs to break her compulsion. And she knows the way to do that is to create an outward sign of her inward change of loyalty and affiliation. So to do that, she pierces (laughs) her ear and Kylar's with the wedding earrings that she stole back in Carnivon. And in so doing, magically ties the two of them together. They are essentially married now. Uh, a breaks, bond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. Oh, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> breaks the compulsion from the God King and is able to stab him to death while he is mentally elsewhere controlling that uh, monster on the battlefield. Saves the day. Kylar comes back. His He cuts off his hand. I've missed that. Doesn't matter because he's going to get it back and we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> cuts off his hand and uh and now he's super pissed at Vi because he's her warder now and um if you and, haven't read wheel of time i know you don't get that reference. yeah that's a wheel of time reference it's a it's a whole thing and uh and the day is saved logan is the king now long live the king i don't know where because that he, i don't like, know where that other lady is but she's gone and good riddance because she was awful and he, he Logan is ma- like, oh my gosh Logan is made king like when in the he's battle they release king. a Ferrari. yeah he's not king because they just call out Tara, King Jire. He, he calls he gives his allegiance to, to Tara during this whole big scene when they were supposed to get married and didn't get married and like so she's she's queen according to their he gives the their, dignity back to the prostitute I just don't yeah, uh, like I'm just not I'm tr- not trying to rewrite the whole damn book I'm just trying to give a <laughs> but little but they're all synopsis. important like Pieces to I talk guess. about. <laughs> if you really want to synopsis, uh, synopsis or whatever the word we're using is, it's Kylar goes to be an apothecary, fails, goes, kills God King, other things happen. Congratulations. So, what you're telling me is this episode could have been six minutes. <laughs> it could have been, but it wouldn't have been a very good discussion about the points here. Oh, yeah, this was a great episode. <laughs> If someone hasn't like run their car off the road from listening to this, this just absolute just frustration of trying to figure out what are they talking about? Why and why are they still talking? Well, 
You got me, dear listener. But the thing is, like, a lot of the things that were really impactful to me are some of, like some of those plot points, like when they released the Ferrali on the um, Cenarian army, and they, they're doom and gloom. We are now at the point of the book where the good guys are going to lose. They're going to lose no matter what. And then Logan faces down the Ferrali, and we realize that the Ferrali was made from Lily. You find the out holer. it's Lily, right? Yeah. Like that to me was like, oh, that's a nice twist, and Pretty that's a up. that's a really good emotional connection for then. Because uh, then she turns around and wipes out the. Yeah, he commands her because he's king in the hole. Like he's, I am your king. Says go earn the pardon that I gave you, which I'm like, yeah, you already gave it to her. You can't really, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know what he meant. Yes. And then she goes off and has, has enough control over the Ferali because the God King is dead to go and then win the battle for them that they would have lost otherwise. Uh, like that's a poignant moment to show where Logan has come from, where he's at now, to get a payoff for a character who really suffered early. Which is exactly why I tried to skip it. Poignancy. <laughs> <laughs> We want to touch on everything that's not important, like mild-mannered herbalist will spend 10 minutes on, but important emotional connections between characters, ah, screw it. Fact. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, okay, a- end of book. The end. Okay, fine, not really. There's a whole side plot with the sword, Kirok. Durzo's back. Uh, Durzo's back. Durzo's not actually dead, yeah. Um, the thing with, like, I, I here, I will do Kirok's story very, very quickly. Uh, Fayir has Kirok. Loses Kirok to uh, Super Sword Blade Master. Yeah, Samurai Guy. Uh, Guan- Guantanamo. Guantanamo. <laughs> <laughs> and then swears his allegiance to the yeah. whatever and he, he is. He like. owns the fact that he, Fayir's big thing is that he's always the man who serves greater men. And so he ends up having to serve that. There are six druid or six wizard characters or whatever that watch the whole battle that I honestly, even finishing the series, I don't know what the purpose for them to be watching yeah. was. <laughs> like, Well, you we find out a little bit about Jenny. Jenny's been whisked away from the castle to some off other place and, mm-hmm. Dorian, and Dorian finds her at the end. This is my wife. Like, Oh, yeah. Dorian's future wife. Yeah. But that's like Logan's wife. Yeah. She's married to Logan. And so, so long as he survived screaming winds by praying to the one God. And to save Kali, him. Kali has taken Kali over through. through the maw. Like, and I'm yeah. Kali is bad. The goddess that I'm assuming is important to the uh, next book. Well, you kind of figure you have the son of the god king, then you have the god king, and now for book three, we have a god. Like, that's the progression. Goddess. Right. Goddess. The woman, Sorry. she's important. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, the end. The end. <laughs> you really want to end this episode. Well, so, <laughs> I just, uh, uh, yeah, I'm bored with synopsis methodizing, and I think we need to move on. So I think we should go and make the other episode because I, there are things I want to talk about with all this. Um, but if we start in on any one of them, then this will end up being a long episode. Do you remember the things we put so. a pin in so that we can actually address them? Yeah. There's a lot women's of Women's rights. We, women's <laughs> rights. I want to talk about Vi, her hair and her body. Mm. Not in a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not in a Ken way. I re- <laughs> I realized after that came out of my mouth, I'm like, that just didn't sound yeah. the way I wanted it we've to. Got, we've got a lot to discuss. Yeah. So we'll be we'll be talking about uh, we'll be talking about boobs. <laughs> uh, we'll be talking about violence and also some other boobs. So I hope you stick around for that. <laughs> um, and for the three of you left, thanks for listening. <laughs> Um, no, this was weird. I, it, it, it just, I just feel like the end of this episode really devolved, and I have no idea where it went. Um, this will be the episode that the Swedish prison system puts us at the top of their playlist. Exactly. You're going to have to listen to this one. Over and over again, uh, but only the last 15 minutes of it. So <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Stick around for, a, a, in a couple of weeks, we will release the second half of our discussion, uh, which we will be having presently. And so when you pick it up, we'll I'll still be extremely frustrated with both of these other two uh, <laughs> humans in the room. Anyway. By the end of the time we finish this, one of us will have eaten the others. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I look at both at all the legs in the room and I'm just all I can see is meat. Uh, okay. Patreon.com slash legendarium is where you can support the show. The legendarium.reddit.com to join the conversation and go to the legendariumpodcast.com hit the subscribe tab and subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Uh, I just talked today 
or yesterday with Kyle about uh, him doing a write-up on uh, a sorry I missed the episodes write-up on Night Angel for the, <laughs> the newsletter uh, so you can hear his or read his thoughts in the newsletter so uh, that's it we will be back in a couple weeks with the second half of this discussion thanks for listening everybody and we will see you next time you